in and get going. We are going to continue on in the series we're doing called Living Invitations. And we spent a lot of time in this, and I'm, I don't see, in the, the, eventually I'll finish it, but not shortly. So uh, I got a few more things I want to talk about before I wrap this series up. It's not unusual for me to do long series. If you've been here, you know that uh, I will talk something through until I, I think it reaches a good ending spot. And this particular series, as it's titled, is uh, about our calling as the church to be living invitations, that, that this is why we're here. Um, that, you know, Peter, the Apostle Peter said we were to live such good lives among the pre-Christians that uh, when Jesus comes back, they have found their way into the kingdom and join us in the celebration. And so we're, we're sort of looking at that and we're talking about the church. And I said that the church, whenever you read about the church in the Bible, it's always about people. And uh, it's either the, the people, you know, from the time of Jesus that have come to know him in faith um, historically um, through, through that time over the last couple of thousand years or a group of believers in a specific place. That's the church. So we're the church. You're the church. Um, and you're the church right now gathered corporately here. But when you leave this facility, you're still the church. And I'm trying to make sure that we hear that a lot. So sometimes we think the church is something that we do when in fact church is something that we are. You are the church. So it's not something that you do. You can't compartmentalize it that way. It's who you are. And you're the church. You're the church 24-7. You're part of the body of Christ. You are the church. And because the church is about people, the church is about relationships. And, and so it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with the people of God and about our relationships with the future people of God. And we use terms to discuss those things like mission, which we've been talking about, our relationship with the future people of God. And then um, our relationship with God we'll cover when we start talking about worship and our relationship with one another. That'll be about fellowship. But I want to spend a few weeks talking about something that's kind of um, in, in between uh, mission and fellowship, and that's discipleship. And so I want to spend a few weeks talking about what it means to be a disciple and uh, what that looks like. And this is really a really good transition spot for us because our mission, which we've been talking about, is one more. And um, again, if you've been around for a while, you know that we talk about one more all the time. But we also have, a, after the one more, like on these bracelets that are out there and stuff, there's a hyphen and then it says all in. And that's sort of about being discipled. What a disciple is, we, are, we believe that means you're all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so it's, 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 we definitely want people to come to know Jesus, but we don't want it to stop there. We want uh, the transformative power of the Holy Spirit to work in people uh, and make them, you know, fully converted disciples of Jesus. That that's the end game. That's the goal. That's what we're all about and what we're supposed to be doing. So we're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple for the next few weeks. That's the intro transition Always, I have a few bad jokes today. I may, I may or may not use this one. Tell me what you think. So the sergeant major kind of growls at the new young soldier. He says, hey, I didn't see you at camouflage training this morning. And the young soldier says, thank you very much, sir. It's really funny. You get it? You just don't like it. Like it. Oh, yeah, I know, but it's so awesome that it's worth coming back to. Okay. So that's my best one. This, so this, here's, so a penguin, a penguin, I got a penguin joke, penguin, penguin walks into a bar and says to the bartender, hey, have you seen my brother? And the bartender says, I don't know, what does he look like? 
I'm sorry. I just, I, all right. Chicken walks into a bar, almost done. The bartender says, we don't serve poultry here. Chicken says, that's okay. I just want a drink. <laughs> no, that look is hard. Sorry. I'm really trying, laying it out up here. Scripture reading here on purpose. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So most of you would know that that's the Great Commission that Jesus gave the church. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them, and, and, uh, and he's with us till the very end of the age to help in that purpose. So very much sort of mission-driven, those things. Go and make disciples. So the, the thing is we're not just to um, get people in, which is you know a big part of what we do. We're to then, once they've come to know Christ, we want to do everything we can to help them on their journey. That this is, again, part of what we're supposed to do as a church. And, and so discipleship is the process where people grow and mature in Jesus. And, and as His disciples, which we are when we come to, to know Him, we're to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit in us. We've been talking about that. To, um, to live in Him, doing the next right thing. And as part of this process, then, we're to help other disciples on their journey to live and grow in Him. So that's why I said this really ties in between mission and fellowship, that, that this is part of our calling, is to um, be disciples and to help others uh, in their journey as well, to be fully matured in their journey um, with the Lord. So let's ask a, a question first off as we get started. What is a disciple? Um, because I think a lot of people have different ideas about what that means. What is a disciple? Matthew 28 and 18, go and make disciples. So what is it that we're supposed to be doing on this journey? Uh, the dictionary definition of a disciple says one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. As, gives an example, one of the twelve in the inner circle of Christ's followers, according to the gospel accounts, or um, a convinced adherent of a school or individual. So that's how the dictionary would try and define disciple. And I think that we, we sort of go along with that and we sort of think that uh, a disciple would be a person that does certain things and understands certain things. That we might sort of settle for that as a definition. And, but, but while that's true, um, it's, only, it's only a part of what it means to be a disciple. The, the heart of a disciple uh, um, is it's all about loving God all in. See, that's at the core of this. That's what ultimately people need to take away from this journey is that to be a disciple means we're going to love God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. That it's, He's going to be the heartbeat of everything we do. We, we didn't just come in and, and like the idea of eternity so much that we thought, you know, I want that part, but then I want to live my life my way. Uh, that's not really the option, is that we come in and we recognize how much He's done for us, and in response to that, we engage in a relationship with Him um, because of the love that we have for Him. So that's, that's the, the response that the good news should bring about in us when we, when we get to it. Um, it's the heart and soul of being a disciple. Because of uh, our all-in love for Him, we, we're going to do certain things and we're going to un understand certain things 
but that doing and understanding is born out of our love for Him. Uh, and it's important that we get it in that order. Otherwise, we start thinking that this whole thing is about our performance again, and we're trying to earn something from God that we can't, and, and we, we won't become disciples in the way that we're called to. We'll become something different than that. And again, it'll tend to be very critical, uh, hypercritical of everybody else, uh, very judgmental, and, and, and have the opposite effect of what we're supposed to have in the kingdom. And so with that in mind, that, that being a disciple is this, it's really our love response to, to God. It's, it's coming, is born out of this love that we have for Him. I want to spend some time talking about what it means to be His disciple and what we're looking at. So secondly, he, he, uh, the second point is this, and, and Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching. So being a disciple means that we're to hold to the teaching of Jesus. This is one of the things Jesus says. And we're going to look at a few verses in John this week and then a few verses in Luke next week. So John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who believed him, who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So people say, what does it mean to hold to Jesus' teachings? And, and what that means is that as his disciples... We're trying to put His teaching into practice in our daily lives. So it goes beyond a head knowledge. Um, it, it's, it's, we're trying to live it out. We're, we're trying to live the way He taught. We're trying to live the way He modeled, the way He demonstrated. We're trying to live by doing the next right thing. But, but too often, people want to make this just an intellectual exercise, and they begin to know, um, you know the parts of the Bible, and they get, uh, and it's important to know the Bible, but... We can get sidetracked if we're, if we're just trying to sort of know it theologically but not experience it in our daily lives. And so, so as we grow in the Lord, as we mature in this walk, ultimately we should start exhibiting some of the things that, that um, we see Jesus modeling. So we should actually become people that are very compassionate. Uh, we should become people that, that really do care about others. We should become people who... who um, understand um, how we fit into the story. And that's really important that we start to understand how we fit in this amazing story. You know, it's his story, right? I mean, it's, I, I like that term, and I say it all the time, but, but how do we fit into his story? And each of us have a, a spot where we fit, and, and it's an amazing story that we're involved in. This story that we're involved in, you know, think about this story. It's, it's, it starts back at creation. And, and it's been working its way through. And, and you know, interestingly, we, we know the end of the story, which is cool. Um, but, but, but our part of the story is, is, you know, we're still, we're involved in. And so it's an exciting thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an adventure. It's an amazing thing that we're involved in, in the process. And, and, and God is able to take... Sometimes people think because there's an end of the story that everything is already sort of all figured out. And, and the answer to that is, is kind of, but, but God, because God is infinite, so, so let's try and process this for a little while. God is able to take um, any sort of number of things that we do and still cause them to work out at the end, the way they're going to happen. But there's lots of ways it can happen on the journey. See, God, for you and I, because we're finite, if we have an end point, we think we have to micromanage to get to that end point. 
But God doesn't have to micromanage because He's God. And, and so he, he can just work with whatever's happening, and it works to a specific endpoint, which is cool. So what that means is all, all along the journey, we have choices we can make, and they're not all, you know, there's lots of choices all the time. Um, it's why our prayers matter and why, why he told us specifically you need to be praying that we need to be praying that we're, you know, we're listening for him. We're making the choices he wants us to make. And, and, yet, and yet he can still take the choices that we make that aren't the best choices and, and work with them in this story. It's a fascinating story. I like to think about a, my, uh, my thing that helps me drive now. Now it's a phone. It used to be a Garmin, right? But now it's on my phone. And how frustrated that poor person on the phone gets with me because I constantly miss turns. <laughs> and you can hear now it's a little pause. And I, I almost wish they would program one that went, really? Because <laughs> I would enjoy the sarcasm. Um, <laughs> there's a little pause. Okay, now, okay, well, fine. Turn here, turn here. Uh, and and um, because I'm so used to driving down here now, when I when I have to travel a little bit, where was I? Consecutively, I was I was in Texas, and then I was in California in May, and oh no, and some, it was one of those places anyway. And and I have a choices to make on the way to these airports. One was in California, and the thing is telling me turn right here, but there's like four rights you can make off the freeway. It's not like right here. It's which one of these right here's is right here, and I'm trying to watch this traffic and see my thing to get a clue, and I missed it like every time. And the, the one time I missed it, I ended up in a tunnel. I'm like, this cannot be good. Because <laughs> why is there even a tunnel here? And, and, but it, it all worked out. But I say that to say this, because ultimately she, they recalculate and give you a new set of directions, right? They course correct. And, and I think that's our life. Well, that wasn't really the best choice you could have made, but it was your choice. But I love you, so here we go. You're still gonna, we're going to work in this direction. So think about that with God, because what we're, we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to live in such a way that, that um, we're putting into practice the thing that He teaches us, and that as we do that, we experience you know, the best kind of life that we have. So, so it's, it's us trying to practically live out these things that we're learning all the time about who He is in the course of our lives. So that's holding to His teaching. We're His disciples. Thirdly, if we love one another, another big deal, that, that we actually love one another. John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus said, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So, um, what should be happening is us, is that we're actually becoming living examples of God's love. How about that? So that's how I know this is a process. Because it takes, it's, we've got work to do. And we continue to work. And, I, and people go, well, you know, well, God's love. The Apostle Paul defines it pretty well for us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, which I'm, I'm happy about. And this is another one of those verses that I will use to evaluate how I'm doing every so often. I told you the one verse is the parable of the, the landowner of the, in the vineyard who sends people out to work and pays the ones that came up last the same as the ones who came out first. And I'll look at that and think, how fair I think that is on that particular day, and it sort of helps me know where I'm at. This is another one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 
And this is, uh, because God is love, this is what God's love looks like. Patient, kind, doesn't envy. So, so the way that you evaluate your own life is you stick your own name in there. Steve is patient. I, and if you've been here, you always hear me stop there and go, hmm, <laughs> I'm, I can't go on the list. However, I have found, and maybe just because I'm getting a little older, that I am actually being, I'm a little more patient than I used to be. And if nothing else, I've learned, for the most part, not to say everything that I'm thinking, which has made, it, made me seem more patient. So I'm able to spend more time now working on this next one, Steve is kind. And, and then I sort of feel that's, that's probably going to be the, the next big chunk of the whatever's left. Is about, but how, listen, this is, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. How cool would it be at the end of your deal, whatever many years we got, that, that the, the thing that people said about you was, oh, they were so kind. That'd be cool. Really, don't you think that would make, you know, and the list is cool. I mean, it would say, you know, maybe you could say, well, he just wasn't rude. That's cool, I guess, but it's not as good. <laughs> it doesn't seem as good as kind. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't easily angered, and I don't know, but, but to me it seems like what a difference that would make, particularly now in the time period that we live in. Probably always been this way, but it seems like such an unkind world for the most part, to the point that we're shocked, we're kind of shocked when somebody's kind. It's almost like we're so unexpecting people to be kind that when someone is, it takes us off guard. Wow, that was... That was really kind. So, you know, I want to be those people. And, you know, I can't speak for you. I, that's, that's my hope. I, I want to move into that. So, um, and that should be part of us being disciples, that we're growing in these things and we're, we're learning those things. And, you know, hopefully we get His love, you know, how it protects and trusts and we're doing that stuff. But, but uh, kindness, uh, how important. And how important it is that we display it to one another and to the world around us. So, fourth, where his disciple, he says, if we remain in him, if you remain in me. John 15, 5 through 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So again, we're, we're taking, you know, right from Jesus, the things he's talking about, what it looks like to be his disciple. And so if we remain in him or we abide in him, um, we'll bear much fruit, which is another way to show that, that we're his disciples. So as disciples, we should be bearing fruit in our lives. And, you know, the, the, the fruit uh, of the Spirit, certainly. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But also, you know, our, our fruit should be some of these things being very evident in our lives, our, our love for the Lord and our love for one another and the love for the lost blossoming in us. Um, and, and so it's about remaining in Him. So He tells us about remaining in Him. What does it mean to remain in Him? It, one of the things it means is that we have to believe that He is, in fact, who He says He is, that He's God's Son, and that He came for us and all the things that He did. And, so that the whole gospel thing we have to remember. First John four fifteen, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him, and He in God. So that's you know the that's all part of us coming to know Him. And He also says that remaining in Him is doing what He says. 
1 John 3, 24, those who obey His commands live in Him and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. So we're His disciple as, uh, you know, we, as we, we know who He is. We've come to know Him as our Lord and Savior. We know from that experience the Holy Spirit then comes and dwells in us. And, and so we, we know that that's going on in us. And the Holy Spirit is helping us to live this life for Him. He's empowering us to, to go. That, that whole thing we talk about, sanctification. He's changing us over time in the issue, uh, in the process of life. So um, these are the things that we're looking at in what it means to be a disciple. And I want to add some more to that over the next couple of weeks. But I think you see how important it is that we not only get people into the kingdom, which is our mission, but, but then as the follow-up, we want to see them grow and develop and mature and experience all that they can in the Lord. It's not, uh, it's not just that we get them in, it's that we then help them and they help us and we all help one another to experience this life as fully as possible in Him because that bears much fruit and it just keeps helping the whole process of helping people find their way in. And so that's what a disciple is and spend some time thinking about that this week and we'll pick up that discussion um, some more uh, next week and, and uh, a couple of weeks ahead as we move on. So that's disciples and what it means to be a disciple in the journey. So I, I'm going to end the message here, but I want to do this because uh, I, I want to make sure we get to it. So school starts Wednesday. And, and I want to pray for um, you if, and, and we'll see if there's anybody here tonight, um, if you work for the school system, uh, if you're a teacher or a teacher's aide or an administrator or a janitor or a bus driver or whatever you might be uh, in the school system, if that's any of you, um, would you stand up so I can see you if you're here tonight? Is this... Oh, good. We got teachers here. Very cool. And, and also, I don't know if they, but if you're a homeschooling parent and you're responsible for teaching your kids at home, I want to pray for you too because I think that's a big deal. Anybody fit in that bill tonight? No? Well, there you go. In the back, I didn't see. Well, you were standing earlier. That's right. Okay, good. So good. All right, so I'm going to pray for these folks. And, and uh, you know, if you want to stretch out a hand and pray for them too, big responsibility. And I want to make sure that they're covered as they go. Father, thank you for... Uh, these tonight. And, and I pray, Lord, your blessing on them as they start a new school year, God, that, that you would just move through them and impact the children that um, they're responsible for and that they're, they're teaching, Lord, and that um, they would, uh, the, the students, Lord, would respond to all, that, uh, all that's brought before them, Father. And, and God, that the, the classrooms would go well and smoothly, and, and lots of learning would take place, and it would be a wonderful atmosphere, Lord. And, I, and so I, I pray, Lord, your blessing on them. I pray that you would give them strength, and I, I pray that you would give them patience, God, as they deal with uh, children that come from so many different backgrounds and so many different home situations and, and sometimes might act out. And, and, and uh, Lord, that they would have patience, and, and God, that you would help them to be kind. And really, Lord, all the, 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 the love that we talked about, Lord, would, would just sort of manifest in these situations. And I, I pray for their environment, Lord, and the schools, and that as school gets going, Lord, that everybody would, would just get there safely and that you would watch over and protect them and have your way, Lord, in, in the schools that they represent, in the homes they represent. So we pray your blessing on them now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for what you do. Okay. So, uh, yay. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to move into our um, extended worship.
And uh, I want to give, it takes us about five minutes to set that up, and I want to give you an opportunity to stretch your legs, get a coffee, say hello. So um, why don't you go ahead and stand with me? Let's take up our offering, and then we'll take